This is your mid-season report for your Virginia Cavaliers basketball team. You are Locked On Virginia, your daily podcast on the Virginia Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good day, viewers and listeners. I am your host, Big Law, Lawrence Johnson, and welcome to the Locked On Virginia Cavaliers podcast. It's the first listen. Thank you for making this podcast, Locked On Virginia, your first listen today. As part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the date is 127.23, and today's title sponsor is FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked On today to get started. So as we said before, this is the midseason report. And remember, when we're going into you know the midseason report, I'm taking into consideration that this team is going to go deep into the tournament. Uh, some people may not want to do it that way, but this is a little bit skewed, a little f- further up the uh, you know up the uh, schedule. So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. Of course, like I said, it's Friday, TGIF time to uh, I guess uh, you know let our hair down. You know we get into also playoffs, but let's go to our uh, Virginia Cavaliers, what we love so much uh, for the basketball team. So. Right now, for your midseason report, um, I, I gotta say this. I gotta say this. I am pleasantly surprised. You know, this is just a progress report now, but I'm pleasantly surprised at where this team is sitting right now. If you base, if you kind of look at, I'm basing this off of last year and where I thought this team could be. You know, based off of then. So now. I'm looking at the team. I think the team is uh, uh, late tournament worthy, and I think that the team can be can be special. But there's just some 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 pitfalls and some holes, um, you know, in, in 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 some of the games that they've played. You know, where they go into these droughts. Um, now, this team is prone to droughts. And a lot of it is is based off of the style that they play. Now they've proven, especially uh, in the championship year, that they can play up tempo, which they have with Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, uh, DeAndre Hamilton. You know, whenever you put those guys in, you know they can play half court and they can. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, yeah, and, and they can run. Uh, and whenever they ran, you know, they would run to get open shots. This team has some of those qualities now. But they're just starting to find themselves in playing that style of offense. Sure, Tony Bennett has these guys running the defense the way he wants the defense ran, uh, running the offense the way he wants the offense ran. But I think when you get into tougher competition, you get later in the year when teams can execute just as well as you, 
and they are as athletic or more athletic than you, they can run the court better than you, you have to come up with some kind of a solution uh, other than, you know, you're just going to strictly play half court, strictly play your, um, strictly play your pack line defense, you know, which is Tony's staple. You know, he's just doesn't want to change that. And I understand that he's had a, a lot of great success doing it, but sometimes, you know, when you get into those tournaments on defense, instead of the pack line, you know, it might not be working. They may be shooting the lights out. Maybe you got to put some pressure. Maybe you got to come up, you know, and, and give, you know, some full court pressure. You know, you got to start pressing. Um, you know, not saying that you're pressing uh, so hard that you leave yourself open on the back end for a layup, but, you know, switch it up a little bit because sometimes you have a dynamic enough point guard, uh, you know, in the offseason, which, you know, when you're talking – off season when you're talking postseason because when you're talking postseason typically your guards are your most important players you know they pretty much control the game especially the way that this game is played uh uh you know in this uh in these times so for right now you know if tony and this team wants to get back to where they were i think that they're on the right track uh the teams are very 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 um similar in the fact that they're kind of trading offense for defense. Um, one of the rare times Tony um, will ever do that and has done that. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about um, taking out, you know, Caden Cedric, your big man, um, you know, your shot blocker, you know, your bouncy rebounder, um, shot intimidator as well. And putting in, uh, BVP Bennett Vanderplas, a one-year player from Ohio who really seems to have uh, fit in like a glove. It's almost like BVP has been a Virginia player his entire career. He was a little bit slow in the beginning, but now he's, uh, you know, he, he's going full-blown. You know, he's looking good, you know, to me, you know, as where you know, sometimes with Caden or Poppy Caffaro, um, those guys sometimes uh, would have some issues with ball security. Now, they did give you what you wanted when you're talking about kind of a big body. But it would also give you unnecessary fouls, you know, as well, which Tony Bennett absolutely despises. You know, when you give up, uh, when you have fouls that are unnecessary and they kind of mess up a whole defensive uh, stand, you know, you give up fouls, especially late in the clock. Um, you know, he substituted the shot blocking, which is so rare for him to do for the other end of the court. So what Bennett does though, you know, maybe he's not the great shot blocker. He stays in front of his, uh, defender or, or his uh, offensive player, you know, him being the defender, he moves his feet and he gets in front of the big man. That, that he's guarding and makes them shoot over him, you know, which is what you want when you're playing uh, center and you're undersized, uh, you're an undersized center. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, where we go from the Bennett Vanderplas moving into the second half of the year and, and into the tournament. Because remember, tournament time is when he really cooks, you know, and, and he... <laughs> That's what he did at Ohio, and he just 
Hawks may be getting started. You know, that's kind of, you know, what I feel. But before we go any further, the NFL, the NFL playoffs are here. We're excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you if you're new to FanDuel, there's it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets. Guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Well, you know, there's some big bets this weekend. Of course, get the closer you get to the Super Bowl, the uh, the the more uh, heightened the um, you know the betting frenzy is. The closer you get there, and then of course, you know you got March Madness, which is you know at, you know right side outside of the Super Bowl. Those two you know brackets. You know <laughs> you talk you just everybody does a pool and a bracket, which is a type of uh, betting as well that everyone just really gets into. You don't even have to be the better to put money down on a team or on a bracket. But all of this is on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner, of the NFL. Yes, so we are um, doing our midseason report. And like I said, this midseason report is skewed, you know, because I always figure this team is going to go deeper to the tournament. March Madness starts in, you know, late February ish, and or, or mid to late February ish, and doesn't end until. Um, mid-March. So I'm looking for this team to continue to uh, to push on. Let me give you the records. Oh, and before I go any further, we got to give our condolences to Billy Packer, who passed away uh, this morning, I believe, or yesterday, at 82 years old. He, he is the uh, kind of like uh, similar to like a Dick Vitale, kind of a staple, a, um, uh, you know, one of the announcers that you can recognize his voice immediately out there and it's a shame uh that he's passed away and he's transitioned on but uh condolences to uh, the billy packer family and everybody that's affiliated with him uh but yeah back to uh, virginia basketball we're talking about the uh the record you know and where this team is uh for right now right now they're at 15 and 3 you know for their uh overall record you know of the season three losses um uh, they've had uh, one loss, uh, you know, in in, uh, in the conference. Excuse me, two losses within the conference, and you know, I I, I kind of feel like they still were finding themselves. You know, they lost to Miami, 
you know, which is a game I felt that they probably could have won, but they were just off. Of course, playing in Miami is always a house of horrors, football and basketball. But it was definitely a game that I felt like they could have won, but that was one that they lost. I mean, right now, you know, the team is uh, is number seven in the nation. Remember, they were as ranked as high as number two, um, you know, before they played Houston. And then, you know, they had a couple losses and fought or fell, I think, to number 17, um, you know, and have worked their way back up the ladder. Now, they lose again is going to be even a harder fall. But at 17, from 17 to 7, this team looks like they're going to be um, the more and more they get uh, comfortable with this new starting lineup and the way that Coach Bennett has this team uh, gelling together, this is going to be a, a very tough team to play down the road and down the stretch. They're totally switched with their offense. Was moves to be mover blocker. Now they're kind of running like a little bit of a triangle, you know, um, of an offense. And then, you know, they're also uh, getting easier shots because they're doing what I like, which is clap for them, which is they're running a little bit of up-tempo. You know, they're fast-breaking a little bit more. Not a ton, but if you fast-break with this team, it, it, it gives them an opportunity to stay out of droughts because that's what this team, their team, this team's Achilles heel is, is, you know, they can run great offense. They can, you know, run some great defense. But if the team is executing, which happens sometimes, every time – a team comes in here or they want to play Virginia, you know, they're giving Virginia their best shot. It's almost like, you know, they know that this defense is going to be tough and these boys are ready to come in and crack the code of Tony Bennett's pack line defense. And they come in ready to shoot the lights out. And sometimes it happens. And sometimes players are playing their best game of their career against Virginia. The difference is with Virginia, they have to. They have to run the court or a little bit more you know they typically have the are the slowest pace uh paced team okay in college basketball i'm just asking you guys to be in the bottom third of college basketball uh somewhere in the um low 100s you know <laughs> uh of, of pace of play and if they could pick up their pace of play uh, just a little bit, you know, so that maybe there's 10 fast break points. 10 fast break points is like scoring 40 points for Virginia, you know, in that game. As much as they don't fast break, that is a ton of points for them. So uh, if they pick up that pace of play just a little bit, force the team on their heels, they're, they're, you know, with their guards, who can drive? You got Amon Franklin who has shown he's driving a lot better to the bucket your best driver to the bucket a Reese Beekman okay Reese Beekman is healthier almost 100 percent is get has always got to the bucket is getting to the bucket Kihei Clark another one you know point guard penetrator distributor gets to the bucket um if Kihei was about three inches four inches taller he'd be an NBA draft pick to me you know it's just he's only 5'10 and I'm being generous on that I'm still beside him he's not that He's not quite that tall, but he is very strong and thick. But 
you know, but he's not that, that tall. But he is, I call him the little general for a reason. And he's playing his best college basketball of his career. Now, the Wahoos have um, won five in a row. And remember, I talked about a, a five-leg game, trap game stretch, okay? They're through three games. The toughest game was the last one they played against Wake Forest. And the next game coming up uh, is probably the most winnable game, which they should win. And this was against Boston College. Not saying that Boston College can't beat them because BC has played tough uh, this season. But they got JP uh, and the JPJ. They have Boston College this um, this weekend. I will be there for that game. It's a noon tip-off on ESPN, uh, one of the ESPN affiliates anyway. I don't have the – whether it was um, – I don't know if it was the uh, ESPN uh, um, U or ESPN2 or maybe even the ACC Network, but – they are playing at noon. Look for it on your local um, uh, guides. But, uh, but yeah, the number 17, we're ready to go. Second in the ACC, still behind Clemson. And Clemson, um, I don't know what's going on with them. And I really haven't had a chance to sit down and study that team. Um, so deep into my, uh, into my Wahoos, you know, I'm just, you know, seeing, you know, what this Clemson team is doing. And apparently, maybe they they might be uh, the proof is in the pudding. Maybe they are, you know, you know the, what what their record says that they are. You know, um, they're nine and one in the uh, in the ACC. Um, you know, has they have uh, seventeen wins. So yeah, th- th- you know, this could be a showdown. Remember, UVA plays Clemson uh, next to the last game of the year, which if they continue on this path. It could be a uh, you know a, a clash uh, for the ACC uh, title, and I'm all in on that. And uh, it'll, it'll be definitely uh, fun to watch. Uh, but um, let's talk about some stats of the players uh, and where they are right now, and how they fit on this team. I'm gonna start with the leading scorer. I'm gonna do this in order of you know leading scorer to the top. I'm going with the top seven players. Um, and kind of give you a, an analysis of them. You know, who, who I think is the uh, defensive and offensive player of the year so far. Uh, Amon Franklin, uh, and now we're talking about him, averages t- uh, 12.8 points, 4.6 boards, and 1.2 assists. Um, this team would not be where they are without Amon Franklin scoring uh, and shooting. Shooting 40%, almost four, 41% from three. Something that we have not seen from him um, at all until this year. And at the beginning of the year, he actually wasn't shooting this well either. But it looks like he's found his rhythm, uh, kind of the rhythm he had before he came to Virginia. It took him a little bit, about a year to get comfortable, to, uh, to, to get to the point where he's shooting the way that he is. But Amon Franklin, man, um, leading scorer of the team, 12.8 points, and uh, is really doing a great job shooting from deep and scoring. Second player, uh, second leading scorer on the team is Kia Clark, 11.6 points, uh, 2.7 rebounds, 5.8 assists. Um, is going to be so important for him to continue to lead uh, the way that he's leading. He is your all, you know, all-encompassing general leader of this team. Um, Fifth-year uh, student. 
uh, is a you know veteran of the championship team. Remember, Kihei was a freshman, you know, uh, coming onto this team and made one of the most important passes in the college program's history to Diakite Mamadi, and um, of course the, the the rest of the history. Diakite hits the uh, hits the shot and. UVA goes into overtime and goes on and wins that game on to the uh, Final Four championship victory for the next game against Texas Tech. So, uh, you know, th th this is a, a great um, player to have, and it's awesome that he had come came back because, remember, he did some of the senior, um, some of the senior, you know, events uh, last game, uh, last game of the year, and wound up coming back. So thank you, Kihei, for coming in and staying here and giving this team guidance uh, similar to what they need. We also have uh, Jaden Gardner, uh, 10 points a game, just a steady uh, man down low who gives you power, a power play uh, kind of a game. will shoot the mid-range shot. And Jaden Gardner, 10.1 points, 4.7 boards, and 0.6 assists. Just a steady player, gets to the bucket, um, gets fouled. Nice mid-range game. I'll call him kind of a baby David West, where he's your power forward, shoots mid-range, mid-range assassin type of a player. Next player we got is, quite frankly, the best player, the most looked at NBA player or NBA type player on the roster, and that's Reese Beekman. He's averaging 9.8 points, pretty much 10 points, 3.4 rebounds, and 5.1 assists. He has the best all-around game offensively and defensively he's the one who will come in i think he's averaging point well almost one oh one steal a game as well he comes in and plays just a great all-around kind of he's like the glue for this team and as he's the glue he keeps everybody uh chimed in he he, he makes defensive plays uh when you don't expect him he also does a great job of hitting down open, excuse me, open threes and covered threes. Okay, he's shooting shots, making shots when I didn't really expect for him to make them. You know, he wasn't a great shooter last year. He could get to the bucket always, but now the evident, the 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 uh, you know the the advent of him having now a three point shot changes everything for this team and also for him. And he and people have been talking about him being. A uh, scouts have talked about him being a uh, NBA prospect as well. Next player we got is the man BVP. We're talking Ben Vanderplas. Ben Vanderplas from Ohio doing a great job stepping in. Finally, they're giving him the the, the spot. You know, uh, the, the five spot, the center spot. He's a starter. He's the most versatile big man Tony has ever had, and. He can pass the ball, which is so underrated, but he's really good at it. You know, he's averaging eight points, 4.5 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. Don't discount that 1.5 assist. His dist distribution of the ball when he gets double teamed or when uh, people, uh, when the big men step out on him and he's able to pass the ball a la kind of Princeton offense-ish, you know, of his style. He does a great job passing. Then, of course, he can step out, shoot the deep ball from three. You know, and then when he needs to get an easy bucket and he has a smaller player on him, he can back him down, has a little hook shot. You know, he has a complete game, in my opinion, as a, uh, 
as a big man. It's just a matter of, you know, him just continuing to get comfortable playing that center position as Jaden Gardner is playing the power. Reese Beekman, Amon Franklin, and Kihei rounds out that starting five. Next person we got is Isaac McNeely. Now, this is your guy. If you guys love three-point shooters, this is your man. They already donned him a new nickname. His name is Isaac McNeely. They, they are calling him Isaac McThreely. So that alone gives him uh, already some, uh, some street cred. You know, and if he has street cred already as a true freshman, I can't imagine what his career is going to be over the next two years. He is a dead-eye shooter. I called him that after about four or five games in a year. His stroke is pure. You know, when you're watching him shoot, it is it almost it always looks like it's going in. So Isaac McNeely, and then when he makes his shots, they're all swishes. You know, they're not like they're banks. They're not like they're hitting the rims. No. When he's shooting, it's all nets uh, whenever he's making them, whenever they go in. Uh, he's averaging 6.3 points uh, a game, 1.9 rebounds, and, oh, and almost one assist. But he's shooting that 41% from the three-point percentage. And, and let me, I, I didn't get in there and tell you about Reese Beekman shooting three percentage, 47%. He's like 46.7%, almost uh, 47% from three. I forgot to put that in there. Uh, but then also we're looking at, uh, the last person of Tony's seven-person uh, rotation, he's finally got it here, is Ryan Dunn, who is really the Mr. All-Around player for the team. Uh, he's averaging 2.8 points, 2.9 rebounds, which is important, uh, 0.3 assists. But this is what's really cool about him. He's averaging 1.1 blocks. That may not seem like a lot, but if you can think about his blocks, they have been memorable blocks. Uh, that he's had. He's had one in North Carolina. He's had one uh, against Wake Forest, against uh, Appleby, their top scorer uh, on that team. Great job by him. And he can guard pretty much anyone on any roster who's not seven feet tall. But he can guard. He's 6'8", and he can guard guards. He can guard wing guys. He even guards some big men as well. So Ryan Dunn, to me, is your X-factor uh, defender and your X factor on offense is BVP, Bennett Vanderplas. So, um, like I said, the uh, the team right now they're tracking uh, a third, a three, or a second seed for the NCAA March Madness tournament. So, if they continue on that track, they may be able to bump that to a two or a one based off of how they do in the tournament, how they finish out. And we're looking forward to that. Of course, that's going to be in Greensboro uh, in mid February. So. Make sure you guys get your tickets for that. And I plan on trying to get there and covering that as well. Uh, and I'm looking for UVA to do pretty good in that uh, tournament. So like I said, out of the five games that I've talked about, the, the five-leg uh, game stretch, there's only two games left. We got BC tomorrow and we have Syracuse. Of course, that Syracuse game's going to loom large. They play, um, I think it's Tuesday night. So it's a quick turnaround from Saturday night. And it's going to be, I think, a barn burner because Jim Beheim's players always play better towards the end of the year, just how he does. Same thing with Tony Bennett. His players always play better towards the end of the year. It's just a sign of great and legendary coaches. Their players just get better as the season goes on. You don't necessarily see them typically fizzle out. Uh, they just continue to play hard and play tough. 
and uh, and they get victories. They get victories and they and they add them on. But um, but this this has been uh you know just a pregame review. I will be doing a um a pregame. I will be doing a pregame review. This has been a midseason review uh, of these uh, Virginia Cavaliers, and I think they're doing good right now. You know, they're doing better than I thought they were going to do. And uh, make sure you check me out on uh, some of my other platforms as well. You can check me out on my Seven City Shop Talk platform. Also, uh, go to YouTube. Look for my Locked On Virginia YouTube uh, site. Make sure you subscribe there. Make sure you comment there. Um, you know, and, and that'll uh, keep this thing running. I uh, love doing it, and we'll continue to keep you guys entertained as long as you keep coming. We want to thank you for making Locked On Virginia your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Please, oh, plus here, your big name experts, insiders, coaches, and experts. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, guys. I'll see you tomorrow. And wahoo wah.